What do the Kentucky Wildcats need to do during their four-game trip to the Bahamas? We'll tell you on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated. For various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be breaking down what we need to see from Kentucky basketball squad during their four-game trip to the Bahamas. We're also going to talk with Jason Jordan, uh, recruiting director over at Sports Illustrated. Going to be talking a little Kentucky basketball, Cruton, uh, all basketball on today's show. And we're probably going to be basketball heavy for the next few days as Kentucky takes their trip to the Bahamas. But for those football heads out there, I want you to know we have secured a potential interview with a uh, with with a quarterbacks guy that knows what he's talking about. And we're going to talk with him about Will Levis, hopefully here within the next week or so. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so uh, you do not miss that interview. It's going to be really interesting to see what he has to say about Will Levis. Also, subscribe to make sure that you're uh, you're here while we break down Kentucky's uh, games in the Bahamas. It's going to be a lot of fun. So on YouTube, I asked you guys this first, and then I put this out on socials late yesterday, yesterday afternoon. I asked you guys, what are some things do you, you want to see? What are some things that you want to see out of this club as they make their way through this four-game stretch in the Bahamas? And I got some responses from you. On Twitter, I got some responses for you uh, from you on YouTube, so we're going to go over those, and then I'm going to give you three of the things that I want to see out of the Wildcats before they wrap up play uh, in the Bahamas. So let's go ahead and get to it. Stuart Taylor on YouTube said he wants to see an aggressive on-ball defense, and he wants to see Toppin be able to stretch the floor to allow Oscar, Oscar to operate down low, and then he finished it off with a go Cats and I, I agree, and we're going to talk about Toppin later on in, in the show. But it, but yeah, all this talk about Jacob Toppin being a more comfortable ball handler, being a a better three point shooter. I don't know how improved he is. I, I saw one of you comment recently. It's like, well, based on what we've seen in the summer, he's a, he's a legitimate three point threat. I am cautious to say that. While we have seen really good things out of him during this summer, I'm cautious to say that he is objectively a good three-point shooter because, again, I've just not seen him do it in, an, in, a, in a game setting where it actually matters, where there, there's something on the line and it's important and he has to knock down a three. I've seen him bank in a couple of threes uh, whenever that has been the case. But, yeah, I want to see him beca- become a more capable outside threat, I guess. And I also want to see him be able to handle the ball a little bit better, even though he is uh, pretty decent at that already. But what Stewart was saying and I think this is the most important thing to gather from Toppin being a more versatile offensive weapon, is it allows Oscar to kind of do things by himself. You look at Oscar Sheebway, returning National Player of the Year, you look at what he does offensively, extremely dominant. He drew a lot of double teams last year. You could only assume that this season he is going to draw a lot of attention from opposing defenses. So what does Kentucky need to kind of force players off of Oscar Sheebway 
to, to get some one-on-one matches in the post. You need to have another post player that can do all the things that, that, uh, that Oscar Shibwe can do, uh, not maybe to the level that he can, but you need somebody that at least is available to knock down an outside shot or is available to get, a, get an offensive rebound himself and get a putback. We've seen Jacob Toppin do those things, and I would love to see Jacob Toppin kind of allow Kentucky's offense to open up a little bit and maybe get Oscar Shibway involved in some more one-on-one action because you can only assume that looking at these four teams that Kentucky's going to play, like they're going to play the Dominican, uh, Dominican Republic under-22 uh, team. You can only assume the scattering report that those guys have on, on Kentucky is that one of the most important things, a point of emphasis for them probably is make sure that you do not allow Oscar Shibway to get any solid positioning in the paint. And I can only assume that they're going to prevent that by double teaming and forcing Kentucky to, to shoot and actually create elsewhere. So Stuart Taylor makes a great point there. Stan Doddridge from YouTube said, need to see some consistency shooting the three ball. If we can get that during the season, it opens up for so much for everything else to fall into place. Hint, hint, CJ Frederick. I want to pause on this and say, Stan's got a great point. I'm going to talk about it later on here in just a few minutes because it's one of my things that I want to see. Downwinder says, would like to see an offense that can free up for CJ to open, spot up threes, never could get Kellen enough consistent open looks. That's what Downwinder had to say. Again, I'm going to talk about that later on because specifically CJ and the three ball is something I want to discuss here in a second. And then Jeffrey, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I guess Eads is how you pronounce it. Says I want to, He said, I want to see the court presence. I want to see them yelling at each other. I want uh, the communication to be there. I want them to be able to say, uh, tell each other to get this way and get that way. I want to see leaders. I want to see a dominant performance after last year's game. It left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm big blue all the way, and it was disgusting. It was disgusting to see the season go out like that. Go Cats. And that's something that I kind of want to tie into my first point here. So Jeffrey talks about I want to see core presence from these guys. I want to see communication. I want to see guys talking to each other. The thing that I want to see first kind of ties into this. I want to see Antonio Reeves be the well-rounded player Kentucky needs. There's been conversation. We've talked about it here on the show about Antonio Reeves. And there's been conversation among staff members, among media, saying he's not just a scorer, right? He's a facilitator. He's a defender. I want to see all of that, but there's also a part of his game that has been noted that needs to improve his ability to communicate. Antonio Reeves, if you've been following this podcast at all, and I can only assume if you've been following other podcasts talking about Reeves, he is not necessarily an unknown, but he is a question mark, meaning his potential here with the Wildcats is significant. We don't necessarily know how he's going to pan out in this offense, whether or not he's going to be a star, whether or not he is going to be just another presence here in the rotation. I think the potential is truly there for him to be a really good, efficient player that kind of takes control of things whenever Kentucky needs him to. But in order for him to truly become that type of player, I think the last part of his game, if everything else is true, he's a defender, he's a facilitator, he can distribute, and he can also score at all three levels. The only thing that I would like to see out of him now is his ability to communicate with his team because if he's, he is going to be stepping up in these crucial situations, he's got to be able to at least say, hey, I'm stepping up in these crucial, crucial situations, or, hey, let's try and do these things on offense now. Let's try and do these things on defense now. He's got to be able to talk. He's got to be able to talk. 
So that kind of ties into what Jeffrey said. Also, I missed this one. James, the sports guy on YouTube says, for the Bahamas, I would like to see our freshmen because in my opinion, I think this team is better than what we had last year. Yeah, I'm excited about some of our freshmen. A guy that I don't think is being talked about enough that I think could finish with a very solid statistical, uh, I guess, week in the Bahamas is Chris Livingston. You know, his game has not been the most impressive during practice because he hasn't really been allowed or done the things that kind of made him special in high school, being just physical, getting into the paint and finishing at the rim. Now, he did do that a few times during the open practice, but I think against a team like the U-22 Dominican Republic team, if he gets his minutes, he's going to be able to kind of do I'm not saying he's going to be able to do what he wants, but he's going to be able to do things that maybe we haven't seen up until this point outside of his, uh, his film in high school. The number two thing that I want to see out of Kentucky during their trip to the Bahamas is C.J. Frederick. I want to see him shoot the basketball. I just want to see this guy shoot the basketball. This guy's been waiting for his moment for way too long. Kentucky needs guys on the perimeter that can shoot consistently. Antonio Reeves could be one, but let me tell you who just on paper definitively is the best three-point shooter on this team. That's C.J. Frederick. They need to be able to get him some reps, get him more comfortable in an in-game situation that isn't practice. Get C.J. Frederick the basketball. Let this man shoot. We got to see it in the open scrimmage. He was phenomenal. I had somebody that was at the scrimmage texting me about it. I'm like, man, this kid, this kid can't miss. He's really, really, really solid. You go back and watch the highlights. Beautiful form. Got to his spots consistently. Very, very good shooter. I want to see this guy get the basketball. I want to see him shoot. Kentucky needs it. They need to realize this kid's potential. Also, before we move on to the final thing, I just want to point out, I just want to point out, that I am not trying to rip off every single, every single thing that I talk about here on this podcast from KSR. Uh, Miss, Miss Tyler Thompson put out an article of some things that she wants to see from the Bahamas, and I know that we're talking about it here at the exact same time. We were actually talking about it here on the show about asking you guys about this before the article even was released. I just want to point out, I'm, every single thing that we discuss on this show is not directly related in some form or fashion to KSR. It just happens to be that we all have similar talking points. So if anybody out there sees like, oh, well, he's just copying and like, no, I'm not. We all just have similar opinions. And I'm not saying that I got here first. We, we all got here at the same time. So Antonio Reeves being a well-rounded player, CJ Frederick getting the ball and shooting, because that was the concern with Kellen Grady last year at times. You would get the ball, just wouldn't shoot it. One of the commenters noted that earlier. And then the final thing here that I want to talk about, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier, I want to see Jacob Toppin play well, but I don't want to just see him play well. I've got a very, very specific thing that I want to see out of him. I want to see him drop at least 13 points in every single game that Kentucky plays. And you may say, that's a lofty expectation. That's crazy. Drop 13 points. How many times has he dropped 13 points in a game before? Well, I want to ask you. Just a little bit of trivia. We had some trivia on last, uh, last episode. How many times did Jacob Toppin score 13 points or more in a game last season? Do you know off the top of your head? It was twice. Can you name the games? I can actually, I actually could name both the games off the top of my head without going to look at this. At LSU, in the 65-60 loss that Kentucky had early in conference play, and then at home against Alabama, 98-81. to Remember that game where Kentucky had to play like six guys because of injuries? Jacob Toppin played 40 minutes in that game. So he scored over 13 points twice this past season. Scored in double digits seven times, for those of you wondering. So it is a little bit of a lofty expectation. Here's the thing, though. You have to understand the setting that Kentucky is in for, the, for, for this. I don't want to rag on these teams. All due respect 
to the teams that Kentucky is going to face. And I said this about St. Peter's, so maybe I should be careful. I think Kentucky on paper is more talented than at least a couple of these teams that they are going to face. Jacob Toppin, considering that he is one of these starters, one of the veteran presences on this team, even though Kentucky's probably going to rotate a little bit, he should get minutes and he should get opportunities to score probably a lot in transition, to be honest with you. I think that he is going to have opportunities to score. I want to see him execute. If he is as improved as some are saying, I want to see him score the basketball. I know that his defense has been impressive. I know that he's been good in other areas. Want to see him score the basketball. It ties into what one of our listeners was saying earlier about opening up things in the post offensively outside of just Oscar Shibway. I want to see this man score. My benchmark for an impressive performance is 13 points in at least every single game. And if he gets 13 in three of them and he doesn't in, in one, you know, we're still going to sit here and say he played well. He played well. But I think the opportunity is truly there for him to actually step up and start to score. If he is going to be a focal point, let's see him be a focal point against lesser competition. And I put that in air quotes because you never truly can uh, underestimate your opponent and. As Kentucky fans should know that most recently, uh, most recently seeing Kentucky's loss uh, to St. Peter's. Anyway, don't want to talk about that, that anymore. Before we get to our conversation with Jason Jordan, director of recruiting over at Sports Illustrated, had some phenomenal talk about DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw. You're going to Kingsley. Going to talk about where Kentucky stands with Wagner and Bradshaw. Interesting stuff there. Even though there's not a whole lot of movement on Wagner's side, had some interesting, uh, interesting. Uh, conversation with Jason Jordan. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster, and it's all for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. They've got simple tools like screening questions, makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one uh, source in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And you can post your job for free over at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We are now excited to be joined by a very special guest, Jason Jordan, Director of Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Jason, really appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to you about recruiting last time. Going to dive into it a little bit more again today. A kid that we talked about, I believe, whenever we had you on the show last, DJ Wagner, uh, five-star kid, currently in a battle right now between Kentucky and Louisville. Uh, we wanted to wait until Peach Jam happened to kind of see where he was at. Has anything really changed with him past Peach Jam? Are we hearing anything different from Wagner? Has Kentucky's stance changed at all? No, I think you're in a good good spot. Not much has changed uh, from that side. I mean, obviously, everyone knows their camp does a really good job of, and I commend them on this, actually, even as a reporter. 
They do a really good job of keeping things close to the vest. But, I mean, it's no secret that Louisville and Kentucky are probably the front runners. Um, not are the front runners, not probably. And um, I do think he'll take a couple more visits. I think he at, at, uh, he was saying UCLA and Texas probably. He's also considering the G League. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's still going to come down to Louisville and Kentucky. And not much has changed in that regard. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot was made about um, – the NIL deal with Nocta and Drake sub-label. And, um, yeah, it's one, that's one of those things where it's like that's how you know they do a really good job of, <laughs> of keeping things close to the vest because it's like, oh, my God, this is it, smoking gun. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. where, where in, the, in the grand scheme of things, it's like noteworthy. You know, it's, it's not nothing, right? Sure. Um, but I, And I tweeted this, too. I said when that happened. I don't think that's going to be like the tit, like it's like, you know, n- you know, n- that's not the nudge. You know, I, I, again, it's not nothing, right. but it's not like, you know, I mean, DJ even downplayed it. Not, I mean, he would, but, you know, I've heard back channels that it's not what people think. But I mean, noteworthy, noteworthy. For sure, for sure. And I, man, I would love to see him uh, at a backcourt pairing with Rob Dillingham next year. And you look at Rob Dillingham, you look at the commitments that Kentucky's bringing in right now. Do you think Kentucky's recent flurry of commitments maybe affects where Wagner goes? Because I think when you look at it, Louisville and Kentucky offer him diff- like they offer him similar roles but I think they offer him different things in the fact that I think Louisville offers him offers him more opportunities to maybe be like a star player on a decent team whereas Kentucky offers him uh, an opportunity to be maybe not a star player but more of a feature player on a national championship contender obviously you know it's a question of where his desires lie does he want to be uh, on a team that wins a natty does he want to be uh, just the focal point of a really good team do you think Kentucky's commitments though kind of building up this really really strong class to make a really really good run in the future do you think that may affect uh, where he wants to go that's a good question. I, I certainly think that I would lean toward what I know about him and what I've seen about him. He's a really, really passionate player, and he he's a guy. You know, everybody says, oh, I love to win. But, you know, not everybody is as passionate about winning in their play, meaning um, do they play with that motor? Uh, you know, do they have, like, a history of um, playing passionately and winning, right? So – um, he definitely has that history, and I think he's a guy who would probably um, – it would probably be more uh, more attractive to him to come to uh, a situation where he's absolutely, on day one, going to compete for, compete for a national title. So um, I definitely think that works in Kentucky's favor, that part oh. of it. Although it is a relatively quiet recruitment right now, we're going to continue to monitor that situation with DJ Wagner. Would really, really like to have this kid out on to what is already becoming a very, very strong class. Currently, Kentucky's 2023 class uh, number two in the nation. Another kid I want to talk about here, Jason, is a kid that we, I believe, brought up on the show also last time, but it's a little bit of a different situation. Aaron Bradshaw, seven foot center out of Camden High School. It looked like the Wildcats were feeling really comfortable with where they were at with him, but now they've gone and gotten Uganda Kingsley, uh, and he is reclassified to this uh, year's class, seven foot center out of uh, Connecticut. Where does Kentucky stand with him right now? I mean, you look on 24-7, you look on on three. Most recruiting sources would say right now, okay, Kentucky's still in the lead. From your perspective at SI, uh, Jason, what are you hearing about Aaron Bradshaw? 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely heard that too on back channels where you know they're still in good position. Um, I think it's one of the things where they just want to. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa. It, I, I, I think the kids. I'm gonna commit. I, I know where I'm going. I know. All right. I've I've seen this a hundred times before. Um, that's why I never put a lot of stock. I didn't tell mom. I, I talked to mom or talked to dad or handler, and they're like, yeah, you know, Jay, it's two o'clock on two. You know that kind of thing. When the kid says it, it's always you always take that with a grain of salt, right? Uh, no matter what, I've I've learned that over the years, um, and I think it was one of those things where he jumped out the window, um, and I think they kind of reeled him back in, like whoa, 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 let's go, you know, let's do our due diligence, and you know, I don't think, um, I do think they're Kentucky's still in a great position, I, but but as we know, like we talked about this before, you know, things change hour to hour. And I do mean hour to hour in recruiting. Um, so when you're when you're stretching it out, and I know he's still, I think he's got uh, visits to Louisville and looking at the G League as well. Um, yep. You know, Louisville's a great visit. <laughs> I'll be all the way honest with you. You know, that's a great. You guys are a great visit. I mean, Louisville, if they had him in the bag, they, you know, you always want to close because you don't want nobody going on that Kentucky visit. <laughs> you don't want to see Big Blue Nation. So it's the same thing. It works the same uh, way the other way. And then, um, so as time goes on, we got we got to see. It's just something we got to watch. But um, it could be worse. I mean, you could be in a. It could be that he backed out of his commitment date, and he's kind of side eyeing y'all about some things. And I have not heard that. So um, I still think they're in a good position. Um, and obviously, he's a a great prospect. Had an amazing summer. Um, so. And, you know, he, he knows DJ pretty well, you know. <laughs> right, right. So that can't hurt. Um, so, right. yeah, you know, we'll see. I guess this question is more speculation, and there's not really a definitive you can give on, on this one to me. Right. But, I mean, you look at next year's team, Kingsley uh, in, in the front court with Oscar Shibway gone. Do you think Bradshaw would want to step into a situation where he maybe has to rotate or compete for playing time with another center? Uh, I mean, you know, everybody's a competitor, but, you know, not everybody wants to compete. Sure. It's different. You see what I'm just saying right there? Right. So um, I don't, you know, you look at D, it's the same concept with DJ and Rob, but I think they could coexist because they do different things. I mean, they do the same thing a lot of times, but they, they, they are definitely interchangeable parts. And I definitely think they can, they've said as much, right? Sure. So um, those two are very similar too. Um, you know, Aaron and uh, Uganda definitely, uh, definitely similar. Um, I think it really depends. Like, cause Uganda still, you know, he's still, he's on the, you know, he's on the upswing as far as projection. I mean, he, he's got a high ceiling, you know, he's just kind of coming into his own. So I think a lot will be, um, you'll be able to, to tell a lot this after this season, see how he develops. I think maybe there's, some, you know, there's that could be part of the waiting game. So um, do I think that will impact Aaron? Um, yeah, it will probably be a line on the notepad. You know, um, if they got a right. guy that's down there being productive and, you know, maybe not productive to the point that he's leaving, but productive to the point where he's eating up my minutes a little bit. Yeah, that's right. no word. I want to talk here about Kingsley uh, for, for a second. Seven-foot center out of uh, Connecticut, four-star guy, uh, top 40 prospect, uh, most places that you look. I mean, this kid defensively, you go and watch the film, he is a stud. A really, yeah. really excellent when it comes to timing and shot blocking. 
Uh, offensively, his game is a little raw, but I still really like what I see out of him. Like you mentioned, Kingsley and Bradshaw, very similar. It's interesting that it's interesting here. You look at their builds. I believe Kingsley was seven. It was six eleven. 195 he commits to the wildcats and then a couple of recruiting services update him to seven feet tall 230 pounds uh interesting transition there but i really like what i've seen out of kingsley on film and man if he's somehow magically added 40 pounds you know uh, it couldn't hurt yeah well i'll tell you this i just saw him a couple weeks ago at uh, adidas all-american camp uh in south carolina and he's probably closer to the 230 okay okay Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know that he's quite 230, but he's not 195. I, I'll tell you that. Um, but he was definitely one of the guys that I was most impressed with there at the camp. Um, he gave Bayfall fits. I mean, he was beating his shot. Like, he, he was beating that thing. I mean, he was going after everything. And I like I like his anticipation. Sometimes he gets a little overzealous, and that's just the, the experience thing. Um, but I like his anticipation. Obviously, he has great timing. Um and he plays very physical, and I love that he plays with a motor. So he's a high-impact guy um, that is definitely going to impact the game on the defensive end. And he's, he's coming around offensively. He's a great finisher with great hands as well. So um, he's a guy that I think has a lot of upside. I wanted to ask you actually about his offensive game here real yeah. quick. Whenever you go and watch his highlights, obviously he can finish through contact. Like You yeah. can see that on his film, but more often than not, what I saw, he would catch it he would make one dribble or one move. And if he could not back his defender down, he would immediately like without hesitation, go up for like a little hook or throw go up for a floater. He wasn't one to kind of see if he could really work his man down into the paint and see if he could get a, get a layup that way. Have you seen similar things where he's not necessarily intimidated by contact? He just doesn't necessarily initiate it. It's funny. I, you know, I was going to say the complete opposite. I, okay. when, I'll say this. When I laid eyes on him a couple weeks ago at Adidas All-American camp, he was initiating contact. Like him and Bay okay. were down there pushing each other. I thought they were going to get separated. Right. Um, so he was definitely dropping that shoulder, you know, doing a lot of that. Um, he doesn't have moves like he did. Sure. Clear. Like he, he's not Hakeem Olajuwon down there. Like he's he's pretty stiff, if I'm being very honest. Um, but he's a good piece. He, he I'm a guy, I, can he catch the ball? That's first, right? Does he have yep. the coordination to catch the ball and finish? And he's a decent free throw shooter as well. So, yep. um, well, at least he was, you know, during the latter part of the summer and at that camp that I was at. So um, I was very impressed with him. Um, I did not think that he was polished offensively, but nobody says that. Um, as a as a guy who accepts his role as a defensive stopper and a guy who works hard on offense, um, I certainly expect uh, O and Cal to definitely fine tune the. I I would trust them to fine tune the offensive aspect of his game. So me knowing that, uh, again, I think he's a guy with a lot of upside. A guy I'm you really, guys will love. I think you I, guys will love. Him. I'm really glad to hear that he's he's willing to be physical. I mean, obviously you see it on the defensive end. It's just whenever yeah. I and, and that's that's why I wanted to ask is like, are the highlights truly representative of of what's going on here? So that's that's really good to hear. That's always a question, right? And, you know, you, you look at Kingsley, he, he reclassifies, he's now part of the 2022 class, potentially going to play with the Wildcats if everything academically lines up, which it looks like it is going to. But you look at this 2023 class right now, you've got Justin Edwards, Robert Dillingham, Reed Shepard, all three, mostly five star guys, depending on where you look, Shepard may be a four star. Uh, currently one of the best classes in the entire country. You've got momentum with guys like Wagner, you've got momentum with guys like Bradshaw. 
what are your thoughts about this class uh, overall? And could you see this class potentially make a push to be number one at the end of the cycle? It's going to be tough. I mean, uh, close your ears, uh, Kentucky fans, but Duke has a pretty good class too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let me start with this too. Reed Shepard is a five-star. Okay. Let me just put that out there. A hundred percent. Like I, I saw him a lot and, Every time I see him, he's impressive. And people saw him on TV, they're like, oh, wow, he's really good. And it's like, yeah, he's been really good for a long time, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, they'll definitely make a push um, because I don't think they're done. Um, and I love the makeup of the class. I mean, um, Rob, you know, what can what can you say about Rob? I mean, Rob is arguably one of the top uh, – not even arguably. He's definitely one of the top three guards in the Nike EYBL, which is saying a lot. Uh, yep. You know, best shoe summer uh, summer shoe circuit on earth and um you know he shows up big in big games and you know his his bag offensively is deeper than the ocean i mean it's crazy like the way he the, his finishes and his release and uh just his feel for the game he's a high iq guy as well and he's a really hard worker um one of those first in last out guys at practice um so and you know the makeup with justin and Reed, like who I said, I'm very high on. I de definitely think if they could add another um, key piece, which I think they'll have a good, really good shot to do, um, I definitely think they could push um, for that number one spot. So we just just depends on how things shake out because I mean, obviously everyone knows Duke is in the number one spot right now, and Duke's uh, Duke's in a good position with um, TJ Power. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know they'll they'll be formidable in that recruitment. So. You know, if they land him, it's going to be tougher. I mean, obviously, he he blew up through the end, end of the summer. So, um, but I mean, top three, top three, top five, that's amazing. So, I definitely think they'll have a shot. Just, you know, uh, the next couple months will tell a lot. I'll say that. Jason, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Tell everybody where they can find your content. SI.com, man, college basketball section. I'm always there. Um, Jason Jordan, SI on Twitter, sorry. And Jason C. Jordan on Instagram. Yeah, man, come check me out. Always doing stuff, always working 25-8. Links to Jason's socials in the description. You guys make sure you go check him out. Jason, again, really appreciate you uh, hopping on to talk a little recruiting, man. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again. All right, that was our conversation with Jason Jordan, Director of Basketball Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Again, link to Jason's uh, social media is in the description. Would highly encourage you guys to go check out his content. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hey, for those of you that are still watching, first of all, thank you so much. But a couple of favors I want to ask of you. Not too much, just a couple of favors. First of all, I would really appreciate it. If you're listening on podcast, continue to leave reviews. I'm seeing it. I appreciate you guys leaving reviews Leave a five-star on Apple. Leave a five-star on Spotify or wherever you're listening. I really, really appreciate you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. I actually did not. I don't think I've acknowledged it on the show, and I feel really bad about it. Over 2,000 subscribers now. Really, 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 really excited about that. Cannot thank you guys enough. Continue to, to subscribe to the channel. We're going to be continuing to put out, uh, continuing to put out a lot of great content here as the season gets underway for football. And speaking of football, this is the last thing I would like to ask of you guys outside of subscribing and reviewing the podcast. There's another podcast I would really appreciate you guys going and checking out. Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy. I know that some of you here are Kentucky football and basketball and Kentucky football basketball only. You don't listen or, or care about anything else. I would highly encourage you as a fan of the sport to stay updated and follow the conference that Kentucky plays in. And Chris Gordy does a phenomenal job 
talking about everything that's going on within the conference and talks a good deal about Kentucky. He's had a few players on. Uh, he's gotten to discuss things. He did a phenomenal job at SEC Media Days getting to cover some of the things that were going on with the Wildcats. Go over to his YouTube channel. Look him up and subscribe. Would highly encourage you guys to go check out Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy. Again, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. And you can also follow the show over on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. We will be back tomorrow to recap Kentucky's first game in the Bahamas. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.